Welcome to another Fusion Fantasy Football. I am your host, Joshua. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Oh man, I've been working on this project that I'm about to tell you guys about because I'm going to delay and, and string this out as much as I can because um, that's how much I've put into it and how excited I am to tell you. I want you to, to feel it. All right, so you know I've talked about doing projections and such. And it really started as something that was just for me. Um, I wanted to go through that process. And I also I kind of just started doing it on a whim of an idea of where, where we were talking about how you know the targets and carries have to come from somewhere specifically more specifically with the with the quarterbacks and targets and uh you know you can't just have every single receiver and tight end getting 100 targets because you, your your quarterback's not throwing 700 800 passes that just doesn't work so that's where it came out of and i started messing around with it next thing you know i'm making a a template and a full sheet and i'm like okay let's do this what i realized was well I'm doing all this, and yeah, it's for me, my own preparation, but as long as I'm doing it, I'm going to share it, but I've got to share it. Where am I going to share it? So I thought about it, and I'm like, well, I could just I could just tweet them, you know, the images, the pictures of them, of the finished product, and I thought, well, okay, but I'd still like to have, you know, one place where they can go to see them, and... When I started the podcast, I've always known that I probably should have some kind of landing page or something somewhere. If you haven't guessed by now, that's what we're talking about. You can now go to FusionFFB.com. That's right, FusionFFB.com. I own it. Too late. You can't have it. And uh, I've been working on getting that set up and finishing the snapshot projections uh, I call them snapshots because they are essentially everything for the team in one well, image. It's a one sheet of a spreadsheet, but I've taken images of them, and that's where they are. And so you can go to fusionffb.com, and I have there my podcasts. This one will be there, and it has links to all my various uh, hosts that host the, my podcast, from iTunes to Breaker to Stitcher, wherever. It's there at the bottom of the page. You can also, let's see, you can also see I have a section there. It says player rankings and team projection snapshots. The team projection snapshots are the meat. Uh, they I did each team individually. I started with the quarterback and I look, went through their history and I... Basically, this is very simple, straightforward. There's not a lot of fancy analysis going on here, guys. And if you don't want to know how the sausage is made, then that's okay. You don't have to listen. But it's, you know, I'm just, I'm not doing any high-level analysis here. And there's definitely going to be some of my biases and so on in here. All right? So I'm not going to claim. This is this is one of the few cases, especially here in the offseason, where you're getting, you're getting me. You're getting Josh, okay? You're getting what I think. And uh, so I started with the quarterbacks and basically projected what I figured was, uh, and you'll see in the corners of these snapshots, it says that these are uh, reasonable projection, okay? 
that's the idea behind that. It's reasonable expectation projection. So if you think that any of these are off, that's okay. All you have to do is adjust it. But the point is, when you adjust anything, it has to adjust everything else, okay? If Andrew Luck only has 500 pass attempts, which is a lot lower than he's ever thrown, when healthy at least, that rate for a season of 500, uh, you have to lower lots of receivers' targets. Because, I mean, if you don't know this, uh, if you don't know this, but every pass attempt is also a target. <laughs> okay? So one has to go with the other. They're the same exact thing. We just call them different things when referring to the receiver instead of the quarterback. So that's where I started. And each one of these is up. You can go to the page. I have it broken down by division. You click on the division and it opens up and you'll see four images for the four teams in that division. And it's split up. I'll probably end up, like I said, I just started doing this and I didn't probably didn't think it through very well. So uh, probably in the future, I'll break it up a little differently. I'll probably start doing it earlier next year too. Um, but... I have it separated for now with the quarterback at the top, the receivers in the middle in blue, and the running backs at the bottom in green. Uh, tight ends are mixed in with the receivers, okay? Because, I mean, they're receivers. Uh, so at the top, you, I have the projections for the quarterback's attempts, completions, yards, touchdowns, interceptions. These are mostly based off of averages for that player obviously younger players it's a little more difficult uh sometimes it's a mixture of what their offensive coordinators have gotten out of uh their quarterbacks in the past and and sometimes when i have nothing to go off of you just have to go with what is the average for a player in their situation right so again these are just reasonable expectations so this isn't necessarily what I think they can or will do. So when I was all finished with this, uh, I took all of this data from each of these players on each of these sheets and combined it just into a spreadsheet of a database of each player with the points and everything. Uh, and that's where if you go to player rankings, I'm not sure it's going to call. I might change the name. I really don't like the idea of rankings. Uh, I, I just use that name without thinking too much about it because that's what we usually call them but it's not even it's not even a ranking because these aren't my rankings these are just this is just the data that came out of each individual projection and what i'm trying to say with that is that i didn't go out of my way to say well do i think uh sammy watkins will finish above or below ty hilton you know i didn't look at i wasn't comparing players Everything in here is completely within the context of their team and what they've done in the past and what their opportunity is going forward That, as far as we know. So then I combined all the numbers, which was really interesting because then when I combined them, I came up with a lot of players getting a lot more points or maybe a lot less than we might think in comparison to other players around them at that point. So some receivers or running backs might be a lot higher or lower in the overall what it says is rankings but on the, on the list now you probably aren't going to draft them as if they were in that order or that rank um some of them that's built in 
understanding of a player's upside, okay? So you will see I did add in a column on the rankings, uh, on the lists, which is ERO, which is um, expected range of outcome. And that just tells you whether I think my projection, because it's just a single number, it's just a single number of projection. But that doesn't tell you, that doesn't give you a sense of what they could be capable of or if there's a lot of risk and so on. So you might see one player, let's say uh, Amari Cooper, a little bit lower overall than some people think. Some people think he'll be worse because what I haven't projected for is way more than what he did last year, which was a terrible year. So I have on those an up arrow and a down arrow. Sometimes you'll see two arrows up or down. What that's saying is where I could see that player going from my projection. You know, Within that range of outcome, is my projected number low or high? And if it's low within their, their possible outcome and what I see as their possible outcome, they're going to get an arrow up because their arrow is pointed up. They could improve upon my projection quite easily. Amari Cooper could easily improve upon my projection. Okay, Most of the players at the very top, right? most of those arrows are down because they, they don't have anywhere to go but down for the most part. Right? I'm not going to project uh, Alvin Kamara to, to hit 400 points and, and then put his arrow up. No. He's he's more in the mid-300s, and his arrow is probably down because we all understand, especially with running backs, injury, and so on, it's more likely that he's not going to exceed that. All right? So that's what those arrows are, depending on what you're using, a computer or a mobile or anything to look it up. Uh, but the overall spreadsheet table should be there it's sortable by ppr or non-ppr points and if you push on the the plus on any given one that'll show any remaining columns that are hidden because of the size of your screen that's what that is all right so uh the, the rank number is based on just sort sorted by ppr and then the that's the, what that ranking number is so Hey, I just blew through that, guys. I, I hope you enjoy them. Like I said, these aren't, this isn't, I keep calling it ranking. I'll have to think of a better name, and I may change the name on the website, hopefully to something that is going to just immediately, intuitively, you'll understand what it is when you see it. Um, these are not draft in this order lists. I think I did a mock the other day where I kind of tried to do that, uh, at least in the after the first couple rounds. And it came out okay. It looked a little weird, though, because I had some players, again, higher or lower. Um, yeah. Whew. Man, I'm tired, guys. There's a lot of things. The third, did you know there's 32 teams in the NFL? Did you know? that? That's a lot. There's a lot of, a lot of players. Um, my combined uh, flex ranking along with the, when I add in the quarterbacks, is almost 400 players. So that's projected points for almost 400 players. And that's because of the format with the snapshots being the whole team. I I can't just leave some people out. I mean, I basically projected anyone who was getting double-digit targets or carries um, on the team. That's That was kind of my cutoff. Uh, probably should have left a little bit more headroom on the overall attempts and so on 
so that there's room to fill in with the players that get less or the players that I don't even know about because of injuries and so on. Uh, so some of them I projected a little tighter, probably tighter than I should have. Again, this was the first run. All of these are going to get updated going forward continually. And on each sheet I have, on each projection snapshot, there's a little line hidden in there, kind of in the middle middle right, says last updated. And that's going to be uh, the last time that I went over this and updated it. Okay. And same for that update then goes into the player rankings, individual, overall, and positional. So if you see something that doesn't make sense with recent news and so on, you can check that and that probably I just haven't updated it yet. So I had to go back and update, I think, Edelman's when I knew for sure the suspension was. Um, a couple of other things. I, I had to go in and kind of tweak a few. And I still can't. But the point is, I've said it a couple times, reasonable expectations. So it's not about that I think this is what's going to happen. It's what I think is reasonably possible based on past uh, past history. That's all. And again, a little bit of bias in projection. So when it comes to rookies, yeah, that's where you're going to see most of it. That's where you're going to see most of the uncertainty and the actual prediction in these projections, without a doubt. Again, that is fusionffb.com. You do not have to use www. if you don't want to. Just, just saying. Um, it, but absolutely, it must have HTTP. I'm just kidding. All right, so I hopefully will eventually have articles up on the site um, that I write. Maybe big, maybe long. I don't know. You'll have the podcasts on there. Uh, you can go back and reference. I may add more information on those posts when I release them than usually get in the blurbs on Twitter or in the comments of the podcast itself. So if you ever want to know, well, who was he talking about and so on, there might be more detailed notes on those posts on the website. Also, a dedicated page for podcast profiles, which I hope to have some more. I have at least one kind of lined up. Somebody maybe some of you know. And I've spoken to at least one other podcast that probably many of you aren't familiar with. I wasn't either, but uh, trying to get to know them. And we'll get them in here in the future. So that's going to be really excited. Hopefully we can build a catalog of those. And that's going to be kind of evergreen content that you people can reference at any point. Because if you notice when I had FF Breakdown on, we didn't talk a lot about specific players. When we did bring up players, it was still talking about more of the idea. So the idea is there that that's going to be that's going to be uh, relevant content a year or two from now. That's the idea. Okay, that's when when someone says evergreen. In case you know, I didn't know the first time I was starting to listen. So I'm not trying. I'm not calling you dumb. I'm not uh, mansplaining here. I'm just saying I didn't know. Uh, evergreen just means it it's always um, it stays green it just like the tree evergreen trees it's going to always be useful it's going to always be relevant um, so a lot of game theory and things like introducing a podcast and the people on the podcast that's going to stay relevant because we're not talking about specific players and situations that are only relevant for the next couple of weeks right oh my I'm talking a lot here we go 
week's topic already. I'm going to come out with you with some news and some thoughts, a little bit of a smorgasbord of content uh, that I would normally have in a podcast episode. I'm going to bring a bunch of a little bit of everything to you right now. Uh, just a quick roundabout of some things I'm hearing. Uh, in the news, we had DeMarco Murray say that he's going to retire immediately after um, the window was possibly opened or the door was cracked in Buffalo. There was I heard plenty of jokes about that, that, that the Buffalo had expressed some interest in him and he said, okay, I'm going to retire. Um, but Anthony Servino on the FF Faceoff podcast, that's at FF Faceoff, uh, and he was the first one I heard say this, and I heard it a few times since. And I kind of hadn't really thought about it. I don't think I own him anywhere. But it's usually a good idea in general to do this, which is he said, don't don't drop Murray yet, okay? If you have him, this is Dynasty, obviously. If you have him in a Dynasty League and you, you either picked him up or, or maybe you had him from past years, he's already on your team. Unless there's some just amazing steal on the waiver that you can go pick up, don't drop him yet. There's no point. I mean, what do you drop him for? What for some other uncertain fourth stringer rookie? No, just just hang on to him. Just chill. We've seen this plenty of times where players uh, say they're going to retire and then they come back. Okay, so I would just chill at least until. Uh, third preseason game or, you know, maybe one of those really super deep players you were thinking about getting shows something in the preseason. Okay, at least till then. There's really no point in dropping him now because if you drop him now, what do you, again, like I said, what are you getting? Nothing. But um, some people have viewed saying you're going to retire. It's almost leverage, right? So if he's, think about this. Think about it this way from a completely just leverage negotiation perspective that here you are, you're a player unsigned and you're, you've been saying you want a job and you want to be the guy too, because he even turned down the saints when they wanted somebody to come in uh, when they knew Ingram had his four game suspension. So how do you have any leverage when you're, without a job and you're floating around in this saturated market and you're going to team saying, I want to be your main running back. And they're going, I'm not paying you that to be something. I don't even know you can be anymore. And I mean, all these other teams, none of them are interested either. You have no leverage. Okay. Uh, and then even if they do come to you, they're probably just going to throw a little like cheap one-year deal at you and be like, well, here, why, why don't you just come and try out? He doesn't want to try out. He wants a big contract or at least just a reasonable one, and he wants to know he's going to get to play. He doesn't have that leverage if he's a free agent beggar. Okay, He's a beggar if he's just a free agent. He's out there, please, please sign me, right? So if you say you're retiring... Well, now you have leverage because now they come to you and now they're asking you to come out of retirement instead of you asking them for a job. Does that make sense? And I have no idea if that's, I have no idea for, for sure if that's what it is. It just was a thought and that's all it is.
Next, on the Superflex Super Show, Travis uh, brought up as a kind of super deep, risky play somebody that I've, I've mentioned before, which is Kalen Balaj in Miami. And he also sees potential for Balaj to be used in the passing game quite a bit. Um, something about, I believe he was talking about Tannehill and throwing to the middle of the field. And so, I mean, either Gusecki or Ballage or even both, because like I've said before, Ballage is basically a, a small slot tight end or a very large slot player. If Mark Andrews can be slot in Baltimore, I don't see why Ballage can't be slot in Miami. We'll get to my Andrews later. Next, Matt Okada on the Red Shirts podcast. Red Shirts Fantasy Football, that is on Twitter, at Red Shirts FF Pod. Um, he has some really good things to say sometimes, interesting perspectives. Uh, and his kind of big play this year, his, uh, what does he call it, his spicy pepper, habanero pepper pick was Naheem Hines in Indianapolis. And he brought up some information that I hadn't I hadn't really put together. Um which is that even though everyone likes to point to head coach Frank Wright being with the Eagles last year and how the Eagles' backfield was very divided, very split up, never knew who, which it was kind of like everyone talks about the Patriots. You never know who's who it's going to be, right? Well, Matt Okada went back further and pointed out that Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator with the Chargers from, I believe it was 2014 through 2016 uh that 2015 year in there and then 16 as well with melvin gordon but in 2015 that was danny woodhead's big year okay and he sees a lot of danny woodhead in naheem hines which like i've said before it's hard to pick an outlier like danny woodhead he's so unique but hines if anyone could do it does fit the bill his size his ability his catching ability, and um, supposedly from scouts, his his good uh, pass protection, his good blocking. So if he can do that, and you know the Colts are going to want pass blocking for luck, if he can do that, then that's great. He could find a real role. Um, we'll get into the Colts more. I, I, there's not It's not a mistake that I keep bringing up the Colts, because next we're going to talk about, uh, actually one more, sorry, one more piece of news. Not news, but just uh, something I heard, which was on the Dynasty uh, Dynasty Owners Manual at Dynasty Manual, and I'm not sure if it was Chris or or Adam. I'm sorry, I, I I'm not sure which it was, but one of the two hosts uh, they were talking about players to sell or buy, and one of them pointed out that uh, Kyle Rudolph, um, yeah, admittedly. Looks like he could have a big year this year. Kirk Cousins likes his tight ends in the past and so on. He could have a big year. But, again, this is buy and sell in Dynasty. We're looking beyond this year. And his contract is a little little sketchy going forward. They could easily cut or trade him with with no penalty after this year. So he's someone I would I would be wary of. So that was a great point. As a side note, 
there's an interesting tight end, rookie tight end, to stash there in Dynasty, Tyler Conklin. Um, just putting that out there. Rudolph has had injury concerns earlier in his career, but he's stayed healthy, uh, pretty healthy recently. But just interesting name as someone who, if he starts to break out and Rudolph is doing well and he's expendable on your team, I might want to trade Rudolph high. That's all. All right, so this next segment, I want to talk about some, like we always talk about the things I'm hearing. Well, now I'm going to talk about the things you maybe have not been hearing. And these are little pieces of news that I just got little little hints at, little tidbits here and there. And I listen to so many different sources, so much news that, no offense, but if, if it's something I'm barely hearing, um, I find that most of the people I hear talking about these situations don't seem to bring up these pieces of information or, or know it. Like I said, I want to talk about things right now that people aren't talking about. So first one I want to say is Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. There's been a lot of talk about whether it's him or Hayden Hurst, trapped into the first, who will be the receiving tight end. And a lot of people seem to think it's Hayden Hurst. And I'm not sure why. Because from the very beginning, Mark Andrews has been talked about as the receiving tight end by by everyone, including the people who drafted him. Eric DaCosta, Ozzie Newsom, in the in the Ravens front office. And so I finally was able to dig it up. I had seen it on Twitter back uh back after the draft, but I was finally able to find it. Um, I had looked a few different times and come up with nothing, but I was finally able to find some comments made by the two of them in the post-draft interviews. Now, post-draft interviews are one of the few times when you might actually get honest comments and analysis out of these guys. The rest of the time, especially up to the draft, they're holding everything close to the chest and then even going into the season, they're maybe trying to trade players, so they're talking up guys. You, you never know, you can never trust what they're saying, except immediately after the draft. They are tired, they are worn out from from the process leading up to the draft, and at the at immediate moment, they don't have much to hide, um, and they're on a high of just having drafted all these players that they, of course, think are great. So you know they like these guys, they drafted them, and you get to hear them saying what they really think. All right, that's the point. That's the context. All right. So DaCosta in opening statements said this. Mark Andrews is a guy that I watched him this year. He reminded me of Dennis Pitta. That's a former Ravens tight end. A linear body, a guy that runs well, very, very good hands, uncovers versus the zone, makes the tough catch, just a very smart player. I'm excited about that. And I'm also excited that we have a chance. And he keeps talking about the rest of the draft there. All right, so right from the start, starts talking about, okay, when you hear somebody talking about, especially the the front office and coaches, when they start talking about a player, especially tight end, what do they go to? What are they talking about? Okay, Are they talking about his blocking? What are they going to be talking about? He goes immediately to 
runs well, very, very good hands, uncovers versus the zone, which is, you know, a slot skill, okay? Makes the tough catch, smart player. That's exactly, he goes right to it, okay? Later, more questions, okay? So the questions asked are, Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews similar or different? Seems like one is fullback and one is slot. Is that how you look at two combinations? That was asked by Stan White. Stan White obviously had done his homework going in, and he knew that Andrews was very involved in Oklahoma in the slot as a receiver. Okay. So he's already couching it in this language, so maybe you can say he's biasing the question, but just keep listening. Ozzie Newsom this time answers. He says, Hayden has lined up on the line of scrimmage to do some things there. In case you don't know what those things are on the line of scrimmage, a lot of time that's run blocking. Okay. Mark has been more in the slot in the offense that Oklahoma ran, but they have similar skills. I think what they bring to the game, their strength, size, their ability, they'll contribute in the passing game for us. There's the first comment we hear possibly referencing Hurst catching the ball, which I think he'll do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. He's not going to be involved. Okay. And also another time when DaCosta is talking about the draft, he, he talks about Mark being another target for Joe Flacco. So, like I said, right from the very beginning, they are talking about Mark Andrews as a slot receiving tight end. Where they go from there in camp, in their abilities, in what the coaches get out of them, you know, maybe Hurst learns how to do more slot than he did in the past, things like that. I don't know. I just wanted to point that out as something that I hadn't heard mentioned in discussions about Hurst versus Andrews, no one seemed to bring up how the coaches themselves were talking about Andrews in the slot. That's all I wanted to bring up. The other piece of information that hasn't been uh, brought up much about Andrews, and I wanted to bring it up because it's, it's actually not or shouldn't be a big deal, but sometimes we hear pieces of news and that introduces doubt and maybe introduced doubt for some, some teams, Mark Andrews, uh, didn't necessarily fall in the draft, but within the ranking of other tight ends, he did seem to fall. He was initially considered one of the top rookie options. Um, but he has type 1 diabetes. He has discovered it when he was young, like 9 years old. And um, it obviously hasn't slowed him down, and it's monitored, and he's fine. And I wouldn't. it's not something I'd be concerned about. There's been plenty of successful players who've who've managed it, and especially with modern medicine today, it's getting even easier and easier to do so. So if you hear that, I wouldn't let that push you off him. Okay. The other thing is a little bit of correcting the crowd here. Um, Jalen Samuels on on the Pittsburgh Steelers actually leapt into the news after I was thinking of bringing this up because of uh, Le'Veon Bell's contract situation. And uh, Jalen Samuels is listed, and I wanted to clear something up, because Jalen Samuels is listed in many places. He was listed from the Combine as a tight end. Okay, He is even listed in some on some sites, I believe on Playdraft. He's listed as a tight end, which is kind of a sneaky last pick sometimes, uh, especially if you have Bell, uh, because... You can like get points through the tight end slot. Just a little tip. Uh, so 
he's not really a tight end. I mean, he is big. He catches the ball. I don't know why he tried out as a tight end. There's a couple players. Uh, Matt Kelly brought this up in Roto Underworld Pod before the draft. There's a couple of these Swiss Army Knife type players that for some reason, somewhere, someone decided what they were going to be locked in as. And they decided to call them tight ends. And Jalen Samuels probably should have been a running back officially. Um, Ryan Nall, who got drafted by the Bears, probably should have been a tight end. But he's he's going in as a big back. Um, so, you know, there's always going to be these players. And sometimes that's a negative because they are good at so many things. It's kind of Swiss Army knife. They don't get used much for anyone. So that's a bit of a negative but Jalen Samuels is someone who would be uh, capable of taking over some of the receiving work of Le'Veon Bell should the coaches decide to do that. That's why I bring him up. And I hope you check it out, fusionffb.com. Um, in the future, I've talked about informants and, and people sharing what they're hearing. Uh, in, in the future, I hope to include a portal into a uh, kind of a members community on the website. And I have some fun things planned there where, you know, not just a forum or chat room, but we'll also be able to share those uh, briefings, those reports on other podcasts and other information we're getting and share them with each other and we can all benefit. And so that'll be a lot, a lot of fun. Um, thinking of kind of doing a gamification thing with that. So the more you do it, the more you share, the more points you get. And hopefully I can offer some rewards for the people who are the most active. So that'll be fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. FusionFFB.com. Yeah. Go to it.